Before we get started, a word from 3BR, a sponsor of the Review Podcast Network. 3BR Distillery is a producer of unusual craft spirits featuring a kitschy Slavic punk tasting room at 7 Main Street in Keyport, New Jersey. 3BR's unique Garofka spirit is made from peas, and it's an homage to a family recipe secretly distilled in the USSR. Experience craft cocktails made with Slavic-inspired ingredients in-house. Find more about 3BR at 3BR Distillery on Instagram or visiting the tasting room. I am Matt. I am Mike. And we are here at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey, ready to talk comics. Very happy to be here. How's it going, Mike? It's going great, Matt. And we're, we picked a great one to talk about, too. Uh, one of my favorite, not, if not my favorite comic book character, uh, Nightwing. We chose this one, uh, Nightwing by Peter J. Tomasi, uh, the Guardian of Gotham. It's got fantastic art by Rags Morales. Don Kramer, Doug Menke. And this, to me, was like uh, Dick Grayson's defining moment. Uh, I love the Chuck Dixon run. Mm-hmm. I love the Scott McDaniel artwork on that. It's very kinetic and frenetic. Mm-hmm. It's uh, dark, and you could see where this was like the Batman's little brother, you know, right. Nightwing, you know, stepping out into his, you know, in, out of the shadow of the bat and into his own world. Right. And that was really, really exciting and really, really cool. And you got a new cast of characters and you'd still get cameos from some old favorites like, like Bruce Wayne would show up and um, it was really cool. But this, this cemented Nightwing in like the Pantheon as I, I would have to say like the, like the hub. Right. Right. He was the, the guy that, Everyone has on speed dial. Yep. Like if uh, Dr. Midnight needed something from, you know, he's like, oh, my God, I need this done. And that's like, I don't want to deal with Batman because he's a dick. (laughs) You call Nightwing. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, Nightwing is, uh, you know, you you introduced me really to Nightwing. I obviously knew who he was, but I don't think I had ever read um, a Nightwing title until you turned me on to the this. uh, the Scott Scott McDaniel and Chuck Dixon run from the beginning. I read, blew through all what five volumes, six mm-hmm. volumes, I think it is. Just absolutely incredible um, stuff. But yeah, it, I never realized how awesome Nightwing really was until reading that, and then especially reading this Tomasi run. I would agree with you. It's definitely a defining run for Nightwing. And I think when I when I go back and I read this, and I know Tim Drake makes an appearance in mm-hmm. here, right? And he also made an appearance early on in the uh, in the McDaniel run. Um, it just. <laughs> Between between him and like Jason Todd, all the Robins get cooler after they become Robin. Like Tim Drake is the only one who actually is still serviceably serviceably cool as a Robin. Yes, uh, you know what? I always thought that Dick Grayson as Robin. Pardon me, because he was part of the um, the New Teen Titans, right? But not just the Teen Titans, but the New Teen Titans. He was with Cyborg and Raven and Starfire and. You got to see him grow up. Yeah. You saw him. I mean, we're watching Batman. You're, you're watching, you know, uh, even the Batman animated. You're like, all right, cool. Because he's got his feet up on the dashboard. You know, <laughs> hey, what's you know, of the Batmobile? And he's like, hey, Batman, what are we doing tonight? And, you know, <laughs> the same thing we do every night, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> we try to save Gotham and fail miserably. But, um, 
you know, he's this wise, wise ass, you know, punky little brother. And yeah, he was kind of a pain in Batman's ass. And yeah. that's when when you think about it and you go back to he was the very first sidekick. And the reason sidekicks were even invented was because it got so boring for the writers <laughs> to be doing exposition and just word balloons over the or thought balloons over their heads. So there, you needed somebody to talk to. Right. So that's why Captain America has Bucky. That's why the Human Torch had Toro. That's why Green Arrow got Speedy. And right. Aquaman eventually got Aqualad. But the first one was Robin, and he was this kid. They used to call him the uh, the boy hostage, you know, <laughs> instead of the boy wonder. Yeah, because yeah. he would always get, you know, Batman and put him on. Uh, hey, Robin, I want you to to be lookout, and I'm gonna go in here. And he get like smacked from behind, and <laughs> you know, Batman would have to like kick the crap out of like 50 guys, and one guy snuck up behind Robin, just smacked him with like a blackjack. Where the <laughs> fuck do you get a blackjack in this day and age? <laughs> I want to know. But you know, it, it got very very boring for you know. The, the writers so like all right we're gonna have somebody that we he has to bounce ideas off yeah of, and who asked the questions and that's pretty much what it was that and the they wanted to drag the kids in right They're like come on kids here's here's your relatability yeah, this could be you then <laughs> and we all know it could never have been <laughs> us no friggin way um jesus i you know my my Father wasn't, you know, my my parents were not um, trapeze artists. Yeah, right. No, you know, and, and yeah, I my dad was an engineer. I could, I, and I, I could barely play baseball. Like I, I am not a natural athlete. There you go. I'm, my father was a doctor, and I wasn't allowed to play football. So <laughs> I grew up like, yeah, I like books. You yeah. know, you know so. I don't even, I don't even have enough computer skills to be the guy in the chair. You know, like in the Spider-Man, like, you be your guy in the chair, right? I'm not even skilled enough for that. You know, <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, so you got Dick Grayson, who like. Was before he could learn to walk, he learned how to you know flip on do a triple axle. Right, you right. <laughs> he was fucking Rodney Dangerfield's little little kid. So, um, but this was this is Robin. This is Robin growing up, becoming Nightwing. Uh, Nightwing going out, leaving uh, Bloodhaven, and going to New York. Yeah, that so that that was one of the things that first grabbed me about this because one of my you know as a as a more of a Marvel lover than a DC lover, one of the issues I've always had with DC is their um, uh, their 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 knack of always centering things around the cities where the hero lives in, mm -hmm. right? Gotham City, Metropolis, Central City, Star City, mm -hmm. right? The whole thing. It's all everything is happening there in the fake cities. Exactly. Yes. Which I guess you could also say in Marvel it's ridiculous because like ninety percent of the superhero population lives in Manhattan, which is highly unrealistic. But you know that's a whole other <laughs> situation. Well, maybe some of them commute. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, any anytime Spider Man Spider Man has to go to New Jersey, it's like oh fucking yeah, Jersey. Son of a, oh God. <laughs> um, but like, what do I transfer? Yeah. <laughs> so the thing that first grabbed me about this, like, I, I love any time you have a hero who is associated with a specific location. Um, you know, obviously Dick Grayson, right? Bloodhaven, that was the start. Mm -hmm. And I love when they take them out of their element, so to speak, and have them set up shop for whatever that reason may be in a different city. The fact that it's a real city makes it even cooler. <laughs> yeah. And and um, I grew up in. I grew up. I, I grew up. I, I I never grew up. Uh, I'm, I'm still uh, very. That's much, why we're doing this podcast. Very much a child. <laughs> uh, no, I went to um, college. That's what I meant to say. I, I went to school. Um, 
up in the Bronx. I went to Manhattan College. Okay. Uh, you know, it's up in Riverdale, the nicer section of the Bronx, but still in the Bronx. And uh, we used to go to the Cloisters a lot. So that's where uh, Dick Grayson makes his his living his the wing airy. cave yes <laughs> yeah exactly so that's yeah the wing cave uh, or the the wing tower whatever wing you want to call it yeah. Yeah. night so, tower there we yeah. go All the right. night tower that sounds good so it's uh that sounds weird <laughs> night tower. um so he he sets up um a whole his everything his center of the action in um the cloisters which are you know if you're driving up on East River, Hudson River, not the East River, on, on Hudson side, uh, after you get off the GWB, mm-hmm. it's right there. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. If you've never been, uh, I used to have to go all the time because I went to, um, it was a, a Christian brother school, so we would have to go and just do shit for school. So <laughs> For reasons. Yeah, for yeah. reasons, yeah. Because <laughs> they, they like mass transit. I don't know. I It was weird. <laughs> So, but we, we ended up at the, the cloisters like a bunch of times and it was really cool. And I'm like, holy crap, like 20 years later, I'm like, wow, it's in a comic book. That's amazing. So, uh, and just the, the shit that he gets away with because he's Nightwing and because he's got a, an ass load of cash. Yes. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Yes. And, and, and that's, and that's a theme that I think you've seen throughout all of Nightwing stories. Even like back from the, in the very beginning when he first moved to Bloodhaven, mm-hmm. right? He's got like all this money, but nobody really understands why he has all this money because he's bartending at a shitty cop bar, yeah. you know, right? And then doesn't he end up like also buying the building or something in that first he run? Did. I think, yep. yeah, right. It's just like, it's like, where's all this money coming from, you know? <laughs> well, we knew, we know where yeah. it's coming from because Batman, Bruce Wayne is, is, the mask and Batman is the real face of you know this kid who was orphaned at age 10 right so Batman is you know you go up to him and it's like hey um, listen Bruce do you, do you have like a couple bucks he like reaches into like a pot and pulls out like a handful of you know hundred dollar <laughs> bills like here take what you want and yeah you know I don't care and that's it that's it yeah it's a, uh, do, do you need a receipt? You, when should I pay you back? He's like, I'm, I don't fucking care. Right. It doesn't matter to me in the least. And then you always have one of the things I like that you see a lot in the Nightwing stories is the um, the Alfred connection, right? Where, you know, Bruce has uh, is always the unable to really show emotion, you know, mm. in a certain way. Like, so he never, you know, never not telling Dick that he's proud of him or things like that, right? And just as this, like you mentioned before, that sort of, little child relationship always wanting that but then Alfred sort of filling that void without always telling Bruce about it you know I've always liked that dynamic it's kind of like the the cool uncle you know yeah right like so like when you when you're not getting the support you need from daddy you've got Uncle Al here yeah. who's here to like back you up and pull the bullets out of you like he does in this, oh, in, this sure. in this comic and he's like you know what it's like you know Master Bruce never you know, it's not his way but he does love you and is very proud of you. And, you know, yeah. it's like, well, I get He's like, oh, and by the way, so am I. I'm proud and I love you, too. It's like, so you're getting, you know, double the love from one guy. And, you know, Bruce is still kind of douchey. Yeah, always. You know, always. always a dick. And I think we were talking about that before where Batman is, he's, they called Superman the Boy Scout. No. Yeah. Superman, not the Boy Scout. Batman is always prepared. Mm-hmm. Batman's the Boy Scout. Batman should have been named the Boy Scout. You know? Yeah, no, you're he's absolutely got right. Merit badge and everything. Yeah, Superman's the goody two shoes. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's the he's, he, 
Glenda the Good Witch. Yeah, he's the he's the guy that reminds the teacher that they didn't forgot to assign homework, you know, before they dismiss class. He's the <laughs> douchebag that busts that curve. <laughs> he is, uh, man. I swear, yeah, just yeah. So in this in this book by Timasi, tell me a little bit about because you know I read through it and I and I loved it, mm-hmm. but I got to admit some of the. Um, the DC lore that appears in this book, especially in the beginning arc, where the where they're going around digging up bodies of dead yeah. villains and reanimating them, a lot of it was over my head because it was a lot of the more like B C list characters. I would assume yes. people I didn't always recognize. So tell me a little bit about some more of the the lore and the story that's that's being gotcha. crafted so, here. So um, it starts off with you've got a whole bunch of you know Nightwing is. And this is kind of genius when it comes down to it. This is really genius for um, just some really strange stuff. So you've got uh, Talia Al Ghul, right? Who is um, she's she's building up her own little empire, right? You know, uh, she and Raish don't see eye to eye so much. So it's like they're grave robbing right from the very beginning. Grave robbing, yes, and they're grabbing uh, like French knights. Uh, it was a French knight and. Nightwing stumbles on this by accident. <laughs> uh, so, who, whose body do they steal? They steal the first body. They steal is uh, they're they're going after superhumans. Right, they're going after like the superhumans and the metahumans. And I and I've, I've like I didn't understand. I mean, I understood the obviously the the story behind it, but like some of the the bodies that they were stealing, I was like, I'm reading it. I'm like, am I supposed to know who some of these people are? Like you know. But again, I for you know. I love when they do stuff like this, right? Um, like, you know, Bendis is really good at doing stuff like this, taking these characters that you haven't heard from for, like, decades. Like, hey, remember that guy? I'm going to make him relevant again, right? Um, but just for me, again, like on the DC side, I'm looking through some of these characters. I'm like, wait, who's this guy again? <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my God, what's going on? So, um, yeah, he bumps into Superman. Superman jumps in here. So they're like, all right, that's cool. That's This is all right. Uh, so... First one up is Black Condor. He's missing from his grave in Metropolis. Comes over to New York because he, Superman keeps his eye on just about everybody. Everything. And uh, he finds out that uh, Dick was tussling with uh, a guy who sort of matches the description. And Black Condor was a part of the... Uh, the Freedom Fighters. That's where I know the yeah. name from. Okay, I couldn't like. I'm reading it. I'm like Black Condor, Black Condor. I I, I, you know, I could have just fucking Googled it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, yeah, I'd but rather go to my library, my Dewey Decimal System of comic books, and see <laughs> where have I seen. <laughs> well, you could have just called me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the really and um, the really cool thing about that is you've got Superman coming to Dick Grayson because he's like, you know, Bruce is kind of a dick uh but you superman is where dick grayson got the idea for nightwing Mm -hmm. nightwing was one of the um in silver in the silver age uh superman and jimmy olsen used to go into the bottle city candor and superman loses his superpowers Mm -hmm. so he's there and they have to fight crime and so he becomes instead of you know just staying Superman, they um, they go on out as Nightwing and Flamebird, <laughs> which are two supposedly uh, mythological Kryptonian creatures. Flamebird, Flamebird and Nightwing. <laughs> so uh, it's like night and dark, like yeah. bats and robins. Right. So it's that's where they got that from. So um, and then 
you know, Candor they, they needed to fill more pages of Superman family <laughs> back in the like late seventies. So they they made it like a guy who was Superman's uh, identical twin, you know, yeah. in Candor, <laughs> and his uh, his partner who was like a reformed Phantom Zoner. Okay, so it was actually pretty cool. So they became Nightwing and, and Flamebird, and then um, but he always got the idea of Nightwing from Superman. I like that. Because he grew up in Superman's shadow as right. well. You know, he had two mentors. It was Batman who taught him that, which is really kind of cool because don't you learn things? Didn't you learn things from your father's best friend? Yeah, 100%. Of course. Yeah, easily. So, yeah, he became, you know, that thing and that thing. Yeah, it's, it's like you have, you know, like he's got like multiple father figures basically, mm-hmm. which is which is very cool. It's one of the things that I honestly kind of love about – Batman and the Bat family as a whole is that no one of no one member of the Bat family is solely influenced by Batman, right? Even though they all wear the symbol and they all, you know, the similar fighting style using the knight and the gadgets and the the martial arts and the whole thing, but they're all unique individuals influenced by the people around them, whether it's the teams that they're on, like the Titans, mm-hmm. or, you know, Batgirl with, you know, with Barbara Gordon, or, you know, Damian Wayne with his whole assholishness, you right, know, right? right? Like, <laughs> but he's doesn't, and, and you're like, holy crap, Damian Wayne is such a dick. You're like, the apple doesn't fall far from the <laughs> no, tree. Exactly. He's probably the most like Bruce. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, all of Bruce's surrogate sons are less like Bruce than Damian, which is like, that's because I know that that pot of money you're dragging out is mine, you <laughs> you plebeians. And it's it's just another tool. And that's the whole thing about Bruce is that um, the money is just another thing in his utility belt. Yeah. And that's it's like it's useful to me because um, one of the most beautiful things in here is that Nightwing sets up a series of safe houses that he has Bruce buy. Yes, that I I love that element of that story. So he's got this, and it's they're dotted around the city, and they're all like in a it it's sort of a like a line, like it's it's like an underground railroad kind of thing where right. he can he can go here, he can do this, and he's got you know like bolt holes, right? Like safe houses. Yes, which is genius. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Exactly, it makes so much sense. It's like it's very like it's very Nick Fury thing to do too, right? Like just safe houses. All over town, like all over the place, always a place to retreat to. I loved in this story how the, you know, it's, again, talking about him coming into his own, how he pretty much just takes down with the assistance of, you know, Tim Drake. There's the gratuitous Mm -hmm. Bat family appearance, right? Of course. Um, That takes down this whole operation that the, I forget the the villain who is making these um, mindless warriors, right? Um, in conjunction, like for making it, making them for Talia, but of course he had his own agenda, right? Where he was kind of like, I'm gonna, you know, screw you, Talia. I'm making these things, but they're really just for me, not for you. You know, our goals are aligned up until this point, up until I decide right. that they're no longer aligned. And of course, he stumbles onto, like you said, Nightwing stumbles onto this whole operation, thinking it's primary, primarily Talia, but really it's this like Professor X looking guy, um, whose name I'm forgetting. Again, it was Doctor one of those something. Yeah, it was again, it was one of those things. I'm not deep enough in the DC lore to know, but he was a very just menacing villain. And I just I love the um I, I love when you have stories like this where there are 
um, more when there's more than one villain at play, and it's the classic villain team up double cross sort of thing, right? It, it always obviously works in the hero's favor, but I love seeing those stories because it just adds another layer of complexity and mystery to the story of understanding, you know, what are the real intentions here? Who's really the bad guy, right? And in this case, you know, Talia Al Ghul, not really the bad guy. She's more just sort of out to cut carve her own path in the world. A little bit of revenge on her father, perhaps. Um, the other guy, he's the real bad guy because he, I don't know, wants to take over the world or something. <laughs> yes, and there's some really cool things in here where, um, you know, there's this woman who was in um, the new, uh, actually the DC 52, oh, the weekly on, book. And she keeps on giving birth She to keeps everybody. on giving birth, yes. That was her, her superpower. She gives, <laughs> not her, she gives birth like 30, 40 people. She's constantly pregnant. Can you imagine that? Be so there's there's a book that my friend gave me. Um, it's called, uh, I forget exactly what it's called. It's like the, the Legion of Forgettable Superheroes. Yes. Have you se you've seen this, right? Yes. It chronicles all of these just ridiculous superheroes throughout the ages that have just a, either the dumbest powers or the dumbest stories. Absolutely. <laughs> she, she's right up there. Like, imagine that, like your power. <laughs> you know, you live in a world full of super beings. Hey, what's my cool power? Oh, I can give birth really fast. <laughs> well, that I am constantly pregnant. I'm constantly. <laughs> that is, that's a better way to yeah. describe it. <laughs> I am constantly pregnant. And uh, this was, I mean, it's uh, she is uh, mother... Mother something, mother, uh, mother China? No, uh, oh, Doctor Kendall is his name. Oh yes. Um, um, so, the Golden Society and the Golden Society, nice. Um, cha 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 cha. Uh, thanks for the but uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm trying to find out. Oh, that's this stuff. yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, it's such a cool concept, and I mean, horribly cool. Yeah. It's stupid as shit. Like, all right, so and can you imagine being out? You know, you're hitting the town, you go to a bar, and, and there's this pregnant woman there, and you're like, should you be drinking? She's like, well, I'm always pregnant, so there's another bus coming along in like 20 minutes. So, you know. Even if I lose this one, I got yeah, one right behind exactly. it. You know what? And they, they age like nobody's business. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, <laughs> you know, blink and you miss it. You know, literally. Yeah. And, and do you think do you think like that she by having so many children, it's increasing the statistics of like having, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Children she, with Down syndrome and stuff like that. Right. All of them <laughs> off every every study that they're doing. They're like, holy shit, we got that that lady who keeps giving birth. It's fucking us up <laughs> um but to use that as like your template to be dr kendall and his you know his golden goose society or whatever the fuck it is yeah, it's um, so twisted yeah i know that's <laughs> uh, it's it's nuts but it's also what a great concept to use as like a springboard for this and it's like the condiment king yeah it's like <laughs> you you use the condiment king and one of my favorite things was um it was, I forget, I think Condiment King was in Batgirl year one. Right. Where they, it was sort of like that they, they were having a date. Right. Batgirl and Robin were, Dick Grayson were having a date and they run against, run up against the Condiment King. <laughs> and so they go and they change their clothes and they beat the living piss out of this guy too. Within an, an inch of his life, <laughs> he did nothing more than wanted to be part of Gotham's, you know, Fun and games, yeah. <laughs> which is just like, you know, you got to, hi, welcome to Gotham. 
Uh, here are your choices. You can be a brooding vigilante or, well, actually you have three. Brooding vigilante, um, murder victim of the Joker, or a psychotic. Yeah, raving lunatic. Yeah, raving lunatic <laughs> supervillain. And we don't have any really good costumes left, so you're going to be condiment king. <laughs> If you choose that path. You're like, Cal- Calendar Man was already oh, yes. taken. Sorry, yeah. So, <laughs> so we're going to give you the next worst thing, yeah. which is Condiment King. And they, they literally kicked his ass. But That's where stuff like that where, where, where mayo chip comes from, the you know the mayo ketchup jar oh, of that course, you yeah. get. In the- <laughs> oh, yeah, or, or the, the dill-flavored chips. Yes. You know, that's like, fucking A, that sucks. But it's constant. You have something like that in – some someday, some way, that is the condiment king is gonna be like huge. Right. Yeah. Like in Batman Brave and the Bold in the cartoon, the Cartoon Network cartoon, uh Crazy Quilt. Yeah. Was a legitimate threat. Oh yeah. He was and you're like, holy crap. And he was voiced by Jeffrey Tambor. Right. So you're like, that makes him even more credible a threat. Exactly. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, I just finished reading um, uh, one of the volumes of Jeff Johns' run on The Flash. I think it might have been the final one with his whole thing with the top, right? And, mm-hmm. like, you know, the top is just, is you know, his story. Oh, I really was obsessed with tops as a children. The only thing I had to play with, so tops are fucking it, man, right? Then he spins around real fast, and he looks ridiculous. He's the most ridiculous costume. But then all of a sudden, he's like, doing mind shit to the rest of the rogues mm. and creating, and you're like, oh my god, he's like a legitimate threat, but he's wearing a green and yellow striped costume, yeah. and he spins really fast. Yeah, that's, that was his <laughs> thing, but you have a guy who's creative like Jeff Johns who comes in, and he he does that. He makes a credible threat out of something so ridiculous, and the top was, I mean, he he messed with the Flash a lot. Yeah. And uh, his death was the creation created the golden glider right if it wasn't for that you know she probably would never have come out of you know reserves or exactly yeah but yeah and you get you, you get a lot of that you know got gotham villains and flashes rogues especially are the most colorful the most ridiculous yes but also you know especially the gotham ones like the most deadly it really is like that you know, the the thing that is so amazing about all the things surrounding the Bat family, and this included, right? There's always this element of absurdity to it, but it also is an element of true fear, right? When you think about, you know, again, just a character like the Joker, or the, the guy that we were just talking about, Dr. whatever you said his name Dr. was. Dr. Kendall, yeah. Right, exactly. Like, like, you look at him, and you're like, okay, here's this, you know, scrawny-looking, dopey, idiot guy, but all of a sudden he has, like, an army of early birth vulture looking creatures that are going to rip your flesh apart. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, Tomasi is definitely a genius writer. He is, he takes, takes something that is ridiculous and turns it into an actual threat. Jeff Johns did the same thing with the clown. Yeah. I mean that the clown begat, um, zoom, right. You know, so you're like sitting there going, holy crap. Yeah. Those clowns are fucking freaky to begin with. Yeah. Clowns know. suck yeah. in general. I, I mean, no doubt about it. You know. <laughs> Would you ever date a woman who was a clown? Like, like a, a, professional, as a professional clown? Yeah. She's a professional clown. Who depends on what kind of clown she was. Like if she was the balloon animal clown with the big shoe the big goofy shoes, mm-hmm. like that I could deal with. Okay. Like more clown like the way um, Jeff Johns wrote it, you know, leading up to Zoom <laughs> a little bit. Well, if she's a professional murderer, <laughs> you know, you're like 
I, I would think that that would be a big red flag. I mean, for most of us. Matt, not sure about you. If, if you're like, you know what, I kind of get my, my groove on with that yeah. shit. Um, I, I could understand it. Wouldn't sympathize right. at all. It's like, find out find out what's going to kill me and then just back it off a little yeah, bit. Just a touch. <laughs> so, but she's got the big-ass clown shoes, you know. Would you have her, you know, hey, let's get freaky. Keep the shoes on. Keep the shoes, keep the shoes on. Keep the, keep the shoes and keep the rubber chicken, baby. Yeah, keep the rubber chicken. Yeah, we want just that. Just smack you with it a little oh, bit. Oh, <laughs> just, don't sm- just don't smudge the makeup. Yes. Keep the makeup on. Oh, keep the makeup on. Oh, That's okay. That's... Keep the makeup on. <laughs> I want you to... <laughs> do calliope music while I'm, uh, you know, let me put on the soundtrack to our lovemaking. <laughs> like, oh, shit. See, that, doing something like that, that's like saying Beetlejuice three times. Like, that's actually going to conjure up some oh, yeah, evil you... shit. Oh, like... for God's sakes, of course. Well, that's, that's what I did. Like I said, I was uh, doing the, uh, doing our podcast this morning. Uh, live from the secret stash and uh, lo and behold I threw it out into the the ether I'm like you know what I want to be the architect of the new DC multiverse or you know give me a shot and you know I find out that Warner Brothers head um, Walt what the Hamada Hamada yeah uh, ended up quitting yeah I mean listen they need some direction over there so (laughs) there (laughs) we go I'd bring back Tomasi. I'd be like, come on, get back on Nightwing. I want Jeff Johns back on Justice Society. And you saw him. You saw Nightwing cozy with um, the JSA. Yes, that was such an awesome little cameo in this book. One of the things that bothers me most about Nightwing, and this is, it's such a little thing, but it's, you know, uh, it's it's huge to me. Right. Uh, Nightwing has never teamed up with Kyle Rayner. Really? Yeah. As a matter of fact, they only met once. Interesting. Yeah. That you would think because they're like sort of um uh, like age peers. They're right? contemporaries. Yeah, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. So yeah, they're age, age peers. No, no, that's that's <laughs> right, uh, yeah. absolutely they're contemporaries. And um Donna Troy is arguably one of Dick Grayson's best friends. Right. I would say that Dick uh Dick and Donna and Wally mm-hmm. were the closest. And you could say maybe uh, Roy Harper, mm-hmm, right? But Roy was always Roy's a dick. Yeah, he's, oh, he's even bigger dick than than <laughs> Bruce, in my opinion. Cause, yeah, because you know. oh, he's an outward dick. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's also he's a junkie. And that, so, exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Reform junkie, maybe, right. but still a junkie. <laughs> and um, I mean, uh, Garth was kind of tough because he was Atlantean. Right. So it's kind of tough to you know. He can only spend an hour out of water, so not <laughs> such terribly a, cool. Such a bizarre weakness. And, yeah, I know. And and, and most uh, most movies are like two hours, and you're like he has to leave halfway through. <laughs> I'm gonna go splash some water on my face. It's like no, you're not. Yeah, you're no, yeah. <laughs> there was Whatever. a. There's a really good uh, uh, edition of Twisted Toy Fair Theater mm-hmm. where Namor is out. They're at like a Comic Con or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I've got to, I've got to replenish my water supply once every few hours." And he goes into like a Porter John. Mm-hmm. And he comes out, and Spider Man goes, "You smell like Jersey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. That's yeah, it's us. So I want to talk a little bit about the the second half of this book because right. the the Two Face story in this book, I absolutely loved i think it was one of my favorite things i've read like in dc Mm. period because it was just a 
it was very very grounded, right? So there's no more of the there's no mutant birthing vulture people no, we're right, right in that, that story, yeah. right? It's 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 just this story about Two Face and you know the the constant uh, dichotomy struggle between Harvey Dent and the Two Face persona, right? And it's cool for me because it's a very grounded like detective ish noir story, um, and but it's Batman's not you know like, Two Face is a Batman villain, right? And it's here and Nightwing, it's like to your point earlier, like Nightwing, like really coming into his own. Like he's tangoing with Two Face, and it's just the two of them. Yeah, but this is the lead up to um, the battle for the cow. Mm. So, oh, is it real? I didn't realize that. Yeah. So right around this time, uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne is having some troubles of his own. Yeah. Um, but he's about to he's about to die, or, or seemingly die. And Final Crisis. Final Crisis is going on. Uh, Grant Morrison is doing his Batman R.I.P. Right. Which was weird. <laughs> I, it was, I swear to God, it was hard to, um, it was hard to read. Yeah, For really. me. And I'm, I like to think that I'm as intelligent as the next guy. <laughs> I loved Grant Morrison's JLA. Mm-hmm. It was, um. You always get the feeling that Grant Morrison is making fun of you behind your back. <laughs> you know, whenever he's writing anything, it's like, oh shit, what? And you know, it's like, ha ha ha. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like, well, I, you, you know, you, when he wrote New X Men, like, yeah, very much. I, I felt that same way. I'm like, what the fuck am I reading here? Yeah, it, it was good, but sometimes I'm like, wait, where's the story going? Like, yeah. am, am I am I too stupid to understand the story? Like, <laughs> and that's and that was part of the problem for me. I was like, I'm I'm I know I'm not. Yeah. I know, and I'm, am I missing something? Did did some pages fall out? <laughs> I, I don't know. So, and uh, R.I.P. jumped all over the place. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to stay grounded with Nightwing. Yeah. And you've got Two-Face has always been a Batman and Robin villain. Because um, in, oh, I forget where it was. I think it uh, might have been Batman Zero Hour, Robin Zero Hour, um, where Dick Grayson was telling a, a very young Dick Grayson was telling um, Tim Drake about how you know this is what happened when I was Robin and you know I had a, I had a, a decision to make you know and he beat the living crap out of me you know Two Face he went up against Two Face and Two Face beat him with a bat oh really pulled he pulled the Joker on him Jesus pulled what um what the Joker did with a crowbar, Two Face did to Dick Grayson with a bat. You know, so that's yeah. awesome. I gotta go. I gotta go read that now. Yeah, it's it's actually. Um, I, I'm not gonna say spectacular, but it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, right, I'm gonna take out all my aggressions on a 12 year old kid <laughs> and with my Louisville Slugger, and um, you know, um, so that was like a trauma for Dick, and he always sort of had that. Oh my God! You know, two faces. Yeah, like an actual fear yeah. of yeah, but he got over it. Right, in that story. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. He's like, hey, guess what, Dickweed? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you down. Yeah, and he does, and he does it with style. He man. really does. This. I mean, this is, and that's a growl, man. That is such. That's an Ethan Van Skyver. I love Ethan Van Skyver. Yeah. He is a wonderful artist. Yes, and there are a lot of people who hate him for you know a whole bunch of reasons, but for reasons. <laughs> and this is him shutting down the um, the cloisters. Um, yes, and that was another thing I kind of liked about this book is that the whole sort of 
era, right, of him in New York here is kind of self-contained to this book. Mm-hmm. Sets up shop, has some adventures, takes down shop. And it really it really comes together nicely and it's and I, and I like the one um parallel if I, if I remember, I think it was in this book where showing um getting back on that sort of metaphorical growth, right, of him with his skydiving mm-hmm. bit, you know, starting with the just trying to break records, go higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, and eventually he does. I, I forget exactly how high he goes at the end, but like breaking that sort of you know not only his own personal record, but I think like a world record, the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah, very nice little metaphor for his own growth. Um, and then you got yeah you get like the the scarecrow fear toxin in there you get all these cool this cool imagery of him fighting you know a bunch of people that aren't really there <laughs> right yeah and this is just so cool it was just like a really a great um, it was it was a great ending to this whole yeah storyline so this leads into you said battle for the cow yes where okay. he he fights uh, Jason Todd and oddly enough Two Face huh yeah. I'm gonna have to pick that up and read that. Cause um, I have not... It's Battle for the Cal. It's it's not. Was out of print too. Uh, no, I can actually get that for oh, you. Nice. Not a problem. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I will do that. Give me two weeks and yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but Battle for the Cal. It's it's not epic storytelling because okay. you know who's gonna get it. Right. And uh, personally, I would have well, loved who, to. Who is it? Is it is it Dick? Of course, it's yeah, Dick. I forget it would be. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It would be, yeah. Sorry, now I don't have to get a boy. Um, but it's Jason Todd is fighting him for it, and uh, Two Face. He's got a really fucked up outfit. Interesting. Yeah, very strange. Very and, interesting. You know, there are there are a whole bunch of people, and you always knew that it was supposed to be Nightwing. But here's my my thinking on that: it should never have come down to it, right? Because Bruce should have had. Um, Bruce, we were just talking about him being the Boy Scout. He's got every contingency planned for. Right. One of the coolest things I've ever um, read in any comic was where um, Jack Drake, Tim's father, found mm-hmm. out that he was Robin. Oh, okay. And then deduced that Bruce is right. Batman. And he went and confronted him, and he punched him in the face, <laughs> which is you, I mean, you don't tug on Superman's cape and you don't punch Batman in the face. Yeah. Um, but he let him. And he's like, you endangered my son and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, look, Jack, we'll talk when you're cooled down. I want you to realize that, you know, this was this was nothing personal. And your son is, like, the best Robin there ever was. And uh, he goes away and he, he calms down, grounds Tim forever. But... Um, <laughs> So that happens, and Dick Grayson's right there. He's like, holy shit, Bruce, this guy knows your identity. What are you going to do? He's like, do you think I haven't been planning for this? He's like, you know, 10 minutes after, you know, the, the Gotham Gazette you yeah. know, gets the uh, the scoop that Bruce Wayne is Batman, you, me, and Alfred are already out of here, and we're living under assumed names, which have been set up for years. <laughs> we can step into a new identity in another town. Yes. And I'm like, well— Hold on a second. Another town, but Gotham's your town. Right. I mean, so you're abandoning Gotham. Right. Because this guy's going to, you know, mess up your secret identity. Or he could have been in Matches Malone. You never right. know. I was going to say, I, I, fig- I figured the the contingency plan would have been, oh, I just buy the Gotham Gazette and, yeah, you know, just squash it. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. the byline, you know? <laughs> no, I lo- and you're, you're right about that. It does seem strange that he wouldn't have planned for that inevitable contingency of him. Um, Either you know dying or you know becoming too old to do it right, um, 
But they did the same thing with Batman, um, you know, Nightfall. Right. And he gave it to a John guy. Paul, John Paul Valley. Yeah, who is completely incapable yeah. of, well, rational thought, oh, yeah, number he's one. A, he's a Looney Tune. You know, he was, and you gave it to him, Bruce? What the f- yeah. fuck were you thinking? Exactly. Pardon my friend. You know, I, I would have always thought that, like, for, for me, a cool story, you know, like, it's, again, it's one of those things that's like, you know, when do comics end, really, right? Like, they, you mm-hmm. could go on forever, just fuck the timeline, doesn't matter. You know, we're all ageless. Um, but, like, I think I always thought a cool story would be, like, you know, because you always—it's not the first time you've seen that question asked or that story played out in like alternate timelines. What happens when Batman isn't mm-hmm. Batman anymore? Bruce Wayne isn't Batman anymore, right? Um, they did a really good job of it in the Detective Comics Rebirth with that story of Future mm-hmm. Tim Drake, right? I always thought a cool way to resolve that storyline is, you know, Batman's his one plan is that he doesn't have a plan. He just lets Batman die. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, like just yeah, let nobody die. nobody has to take care. Yeah, of, you know, Gotham. Let Gotham die. Let Gotham die. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I've, done, I've done all I can. <laughs> yeah, but you would have thought that he would have thought that like twenty billion dollars <laughs> ago, and you know, ten years of his life not wasted. Yeah, exactly. So, but one of my, yeah, I had, uh, I had a pitch, and I'll, I'm gonna pitch it to, to Let's you go. now. Let's do Here it. We go. So it's called. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give you the the title a little bit later. Okay. So, uh, crisis on infinite earth happens. Okay. Okay. So, um, you see the the red skies. And it's, you know, you're, you're seeing um, essentially like a, a bunch of different Earths. Right. And just under different skies. And across it, it's like, you know, uh, I, I grew up on a, a planet called Earth. And we had wonderful heroes who kept us safe. They were the Justice Society of America. And they were, they were amazing. And they felt timeless. And they're, you know, as they got older, they had children who also protected us. And they were fantastic, and it was a, a great time to be alive. And our our world was shiny and happy. And then, boom, crisis happened. Right. Our heroes went away, and they saved us one last time. And they, they went with the villains, and they never came back. And our world wasn't quite so shiny anymore. Huh. And then you see, you know, cut to um, Wayne Manor. It's now the, the Wayne... Foundation. No, no, it's actually now the the Wayne um, Community Home for you know orphan orphans. Children. Okay, yep. Yeah. It's an orphanage. Tracks. Wayne, yep, I don't want to say Wayne orphanage. Yeah, um, a orphanage. You know, and through all the shit that was going on, you find out that when um, when Huntress and Robin went off to you know fight the crisis, Bruce had this codicil as well if, if they die with no heirs then it all reverts to it becomes an orphanage and you know he, he leaves enough money to keep it going for like ever huh okay so um then this young man tim drake is becomes orphaned because crime is rampant there's no batman there's no robin there's no huntress out there fighting the good fight no green lantern you know right and um so tim Tim Drake is there from, like, age 10 to, like, 14, and he's, like, a prodigy. Uh, he's a computer prodigy. So um, he's dicking around in the stables where they, they had stables. Because <laughs> Wayne Manor, why wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's a manor. You need to have stables. Exactly. <laughs> but in the stables, in the barn, there's um, that's where the, the um, entrance to the cave is. Entrance to the, One of the entrances to the cave is. So he, like, finds it. Yeah. 
and he goes down there and there are these he turns it on and it's you know the bat cave he's like holy shit yeah and he you know learns he these sees these old computers he's like holy god this is i'm i'm in heaven and he he like turns them on and they're they're like 40 years old but they're still perfectly in sync with everything and he starts reading batman's files uh-huh. and he finds out a whole bunch of stuff and he finds out you know up until because robin and huntress were keeping the the files going right up until their deaths like 10 12 years before right and he finds out all this stuff, and he's like, holy crap. And there are, like, prototype suits and stuff, and he's like, oh, my God. And he, he decides that, you know, we need heroes again. That's awesome. So he's, like, 16 years old, and he starts to train himself to be, um, you know, the best that he can be. And, he's, you know, there are gadgets there that help him out, yeah. you know, enhance his strength, enhance yeah. his agility, learns how to, you know, maybe he's not Dick. Grayson level, but he becomes, you know, really right. athletic. Because he never was, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, but he becomes more and more. And, you know, nobody notices that, you know, an orphan goes missing or, yeah. you know, whatever. But so, um, and he finds, like, there's there's a bunch of subroutines in this old archaic computer. And he's like, this is really cool. But he finds, like, the... Um, the secret identities of all the the justice society members and he goes looking for their kids and he's trying to put together like this team the group of teen titans almost uh-huh. or, or at least to let them know what right. the dealio is yeah. and uh he meets with a bunch of people he meets with you know um an older barbara gordon meets up with um some heroes who didn't go fighting like um kathy kane batwoman right and she sort of helps him out because she's like she never got over the loss of Bruce Wayne and yada 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 and she's got a niece who's about Tim's age you know yeah uh, Betty Kane who was you know or actually uh, would have been her granddaughter yeah so Betty Kane had a kid and there you are so but it's um, he doesn't become Batman he goes out and he, he's like Spider-Man on his first night right. gets his ass beat and stuff like that, but learns from it. Like Batman year one. Yes. But instead of being Batman, um, he becomes Nightwing, but with a K, like Knight. Ah, Nightwing. Yes. So, and the, the name of this thing is called um, uh, Beyond Batman. That is awesome. Yeah, beyond Batman. So not Batman Beyond. Beyond Batman. When are so, we, we going to submit that to DC? That's uh, a great, I just that's a great did. idea. So, <laughs> and yeah, I think that that would be really cool. I yeah, mean, that'd you be could, awesome. You could do it as like a four-part uh, series. Yeah, and, easily. Or it could be ongoing if you decided to bring back the multiverse DC comics. Exactly. Yeah, you could. That would make a really good limited series, or it could make one awesome, just like full-on graphic novel. Yeah. You know, like that is awesome. I really like that idea. Thank you. Yeah. Those those sorts of stories are the ones that I almost always gravitate towards. Ones there, like I love the what ifs mm-hmm. of things, right? Um, I mean, you know, Marvel and their what if sometimes are just like utterly ridiculous. But I okay. love, you know, one of my favorite things about the multiverse is you get to see these other scenarios of what could have happened if, you know, things went a little bit differently, yeah. right? Um, and I love, I, I love stories that, like, g- give a a period ending to like an era of heroes and villains, and then time has passed. 
and then it starts up again for one reason or another, right? right. Like I love there, there's there's been stories that have been told in that manner, and I love every single one of them. That's awesome. If you've never seen it, watch Star Girl. You'll love that. I was literally just gonna say it kind of reminds me of Star Girl a little bit because I Star Girl. I remember watching Star Girl and thinking like you know, yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe not, but I'm a completionist, so like mm-hmm. I've got to got to watch everything that's happening in the Arrowverse. Um, the I, I didn't actually watch the second season. Um, uh, I need to. I'm way behind on stuff, but the first season absolutely blew me away. Yeah, like I thought it was top tier. You know, because because at that point we're getting to the point where the Arrowverse we're starting to feel a little repetitive. You of know, course, yeah, right. How many times can Green Arrow murder a guy? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just you know a little repetitive, and, and like how many times can the Green Arrow's team leave and come back and leave and come back and the whole freaking thing. Stargirl was just a breath of fresh air, and it was so brilliantly done. And I love that they didn't shy away from making the um, the costumes a little bit more comic accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, read ridiculous, right? Like I thought it was great. I loved every second of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, the grandchildren of the JSA. I would love to see what they're doing. I would love that. That would be very cool. Man. All right. So listen, this was an awesome episode. I'm very glad we got to talk about Nightwing. Um, I think for our next episode, we've already selected what it's going to be. Right. The Authority by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. I am going to read this. We'll be back in a few weeks with the next episode. This was so much fun. Loved it, as always. Um, Yeah. I mean, just thanks, guys, for listening. Anything else you got, Mike? No. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks for having me on, man. You got it. We'll see you guys next time. This is Matt and Mike Read Comics.